This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast, created because, through no fault of your own, you've become one. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and I know how it feels when you're getting ground down by people issues, constantly firefighting and wondering how on earth you ended up here. In each episode, I invite a guest to discuss a topic and give you three, sometimes more, top tips that will help you in your leadership role. They are experts in the field and you'll find out why they do what they do and what took them down that path. For more resources to help you on your leadership journey, check out thereluctantleader.academy where you'll find details of how to join the Reluctant Leader success path. So let's see who's in the hot seat this week. Today I'm talking to Sharon Gaskin. Sharon is the founder of the Trainers Training Company, established in 2009 to help freelance trainers start up, grow and develop successful and profitable training businesses. Since then, she's worked with hundreds of freelance trainers to help them get started or to make their existing businesses much more profitable. Services include one-to-one mentoring, online training programs, and a done-for-you lead service to help you get associate work. She's also the proud creator and leader of Trainer Talk, a thriving business community for freelance trainers. I hope you enjoy this chat we had about memberships, and I'll catch you all on the other side. Sharon, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Hello, hello, Mark. Really excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here. We've been we've had this in the diary for some time, so uh, can't wait to get stuck into the topic. Um, but before we get stuck into that, I always ask all my guests, uh, "Why do you do what you do?" And what was that pivotal moment that took you down that path? Oh, why do I do what I do? Well, firstly, because I love it. <laughs> I suppose everybody is, uh, does come on and say that. But my pivotal moment uh, was to do with my uh, little boy then. He was nine at the time and he's now 20. And, um, and basically, I, what happened was I had my own training business that was all going along uh, really, really well. Um, and then um, what happened, a couple of things. One, I was sort of being asked by various trainers in my network, how do you get to be a freelance trainer? Um, you know, you're really good at it and you've got loads of clients, so how do I get started? And that was kind of going along in the back of my mind. And um, while I was sort of doing this, I, I decided that I would go away and uh, write a, a book. It was an ebook, still on the website, How to Launch a Training Business in 30 Days, in which I poured everything that I knew about how to be a freelance trainer and how to be a successful one. And then what happened, I stuck it on the, on a website, on a one-page website, and didn't do anything with it because uh, I wasn't sure whether anybody would really be that interested or indeed whether I could make any money from it. And uh, that went on for about six months or so. And then my uh, son, Ryan, who I said was nine at the time, he was playing a lot of tennis and he was really good and still is. And um, the LTA got involved and said, oh, really, he needs to go up to uh, the High Performance Centre at Edgbaston. So I said, oh, okay, that's great. You know, we'll do that. And then I thought, oh, <laughs> I need to pick him up from school every day at half 12 and uh, stay with him all afternoon and all evening, et cetera, et cetera. So I can't really be running my workshops around the country anymore. So perhaps I need to reinvent myself and work more from home and, you know, from the internet and around about 2009, was exactly the right time because then, you know, everything was just getting started with online stuff and email, email marketing and all that kind of stuff. And so then I thought, oh, okay, I've got this, uh, I've got this 
website thing that I'm not doing anything with. Maybe I should do something with that. So that's what I did. So I closed my training business down. I gave a name to my one-page website, uh, the Trainers Training Company, and uh, dedicated myself to uh, to that business, which is helping freelance trainers to create successful businesses. And uh, yeah, and that mm-hmm. was it. <laughs> so it's all about tennis that's, that took you down this... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know whether I've shared this with you, but actually um, I, I, I play a bit of tennis. I think you know that. But you I did. also, I went for a trial to become a line judge once. <laughs> yeah. And the reason being, I took quite fancied being at to Wimbledon to, to you know, do the line and thought that'd be quite an easy thing to do. I turn, it turns out it's not that easy because I failed. And, and and I didn't I didn't get taken on to do the training, um, so um, anyway that's just reminded me of that which has got no re- relevance to what we're talking about today. But I thought I'd just share that with you. Right, so, so we are talking about today memberships, and um, you've talked a little bit already about your business and why you set it up. Um, so we are going to be talking about a model which we call memberships. So do you want to just talk about uh, what a membership site is uh, roughly and then we can expand on it from there? Yeah, well, a membership, you say membership site, but my particular membership is more than a membership site. It's a, it's a membership community. And um, and really what it is, it's a, it's a business model whereby people, um, your members, um, pay you a, uh, you know, a recurring fee every month or, or every year and uh, and we love it don't we mark <laughs> we certainly do yes <laughs> because uh, because of that because it's uh one because of the recurring income model because uh, as anybody knows if you're constantly just sort of selling time for money um you know you, and also you kind of you never know where you're going to be from one, one month to the next depending mm. on clients that you have so a recurring income model gives you that uh, degree of stability so that you know that uh, you've got a certain income uh, depending on the number of members that you've got coming in every month so so that's great and um, it's also a really good way of um, providing a lot of value for people for large numbers of people at a fairly low cost you know compared to some of the other services you know that you could provide like mentoring or coaching or whatever that or a you know a training program that people couldn't necessarily afford or or want to invest in so it's great for that um and the good thing and and really one of the main benefits for me as a business owner I don't know about you and one of the things I love about my membership why it gives me so much joy is um is the relationships that you get to to build up um with your members which is fantastic and you're a member yourself of my trainers all community so you know um what great people we have in there um but also i love the the relationships that my members build up with each other (laughs) it's fantastic you know great that happen yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's worth just um, just dwelling a little bit on the challenges of of being a um, a, a trainer, a, you know, a freelance trainer, and you sort of touched on them already. That you know about the money thing that you are, you know, um, it's, it's this uh, roller coaster of money coming in. One minute you've got lots of money coming in, then you deliver, and then you then then it's not coming in because you haven't been because you've been working, you haven't been marketing. So there's no so that's one of the, that's one of the biggest challenges in that market I know. And what what other challenges are quite common do you come across? 
Uh, well, I think you kind of touched on it, it, it there in a roundabout way. Is that, in my opinion, um, most freelance trainers, you know, they only do marketing when they haven't got any work, which uh, is one of the things that I bang on about all the time in, in the programs that I do, it, because it's it's an absolute fundamental that you know not just of you know freelance training business but any business. You know, you have to be marketing. All the time, you know, you've got to be consistent because if you're not, then that's what happens. You have these peaks and troughs. Mm. Um, and anybody who says to me that, um, oh, you know what it's like, you know, it's feast and famine and all the rest of it. And I look at them and go, yeah, but I don't believe in that because if you've got feast and famine, it's of your own making um, because you haven't been marketing consistently. Um, but it, it, it's funny, uh, although the, I guess at the um, a sort of intellectual level, most people know that, but getting them to do it <laughs> is another matter. <laughs> yes, the big the big end thing, marketing. It's oh, oh gosh, really? Yeah. Do I have to do that? Yeah, well, yeah, you do. You've got a business. <laughs> you <and I> both. <laughs> Absolutely, but I'm, I'm guessing also that people um, do suffer when they go freelance in that they feel a bit isolated and a bit like um, you know they're on their own. Whereas obviously that's one of the things that you offer is that you bring people together, like-minded people that um, that can actually help and support and even work together. I guess at some point as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. I would say you know they are probably the the two biggest challenges. One is is the marketing because most people don't know how to do marketing or indeed want to do it and why should they you know most people have come out from the corporate world and gone straight into you know running this training business why should they be expected to know about marketing because when they were in their jobs you know they had other people to do it to do it for them you know marketing departments sales departments you were just a training department so you know why why should why should you know how to do it? Yeah. So that's the biggest challenge, one of the biggest challenges. And the second one is, is as you said there, Mark, is mm-hmm. the loneliness and um, isolation that, that you feel. And I think most trainers and coaches are pretty sort of, you know, gregarious people and, and like to be surrounded by people. And they miss that when, when they suddenly go off on their own. And, it, and it's not the same talking to you know friends and your family because they don't sometimes they don't understand so that was one of my key drivers behind creating trainer talk i wanted to to create um you know this this network or community of like-minded people where people absolutely got it and they got it and they understood and they shared each other's issues and they talked each other's language and yeah and, and that that's what i did yeah, yeah. And I can definitely say that um, when you are in a room full of trainers, um, <laughs> there is definitely a, a lot of energy, um, a, a very, uh, you know, a, a sense of positivity. You can't help it because everybody's there for what, you know, because they want to help and they want to train and help and improve people. So there is that vibe in the, in the room, which just, just emanates around, doesn't it? I mean, it's, um, it's, it's almost addictive. And um, that's obviously what I get from uh, Trainer Talk Live is that it's that environment where people are coming together to share all sorts of things, but ultimately they have got the same sort of vision and, and, and mentality. Yeah, absolutely. And they're very noisy, aren't they? That's why I have to tell Mark. Yes. <laughs> I nearly forgot it on Friday, didn't I? <laughs> you did. You always left it there. Well, have and forget. Um, but yes, you have to keep, keep order because there's generally um, people are yeah making most of the event, isn't it? And um, so that's one part of the membership. We touched on that. So you have some live events. How often do you, do you have these live events? 
Um, so the trainers got live events are every quarter, um, as you know. So we run them four times a year. They are in March, uh, May or June, September and December. Um, and then we just recently started um, Trainer Talk Locals, which, as the name suggests, are in uh, people's local areas. By the way, Trainer Talk Live is in Kenilworth in the Midlands. Um, to We have it in the centre of the country, obviously, to enable everybody from around the UK to get to it. But the locals are very much um, in, in your local area. They're, they're shorter events. They're two hours, so they're just a couple of hours in the morning. So they're kind of mini versions of Trainers Talk Live. Um, and just, you know, to enable people to just come together, have a cup of coffee, uh, have a chat about the you know the the, the issues that are the, they're all fairly common amongst the freelance trainer community. Yeah, and I guess if you've got people that are local to you, having those connections and having people local, it's obviously you can maybe meet up more often than people maybe that have come from all over the country, uh, which is a, an extra benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that that's the, the live event. So what 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 about other things that the membership offers? How much? How, what what does that entail? Yeah, so we have those uh, live events, uh, the, the Training Sort Live, the Training Sort Locals. And then I also run a couple of online events every month. Um, so we get together on Zoom. Uh, the first one we have is what we call the Business Development Clinic. And this is really for people to bring their specific business challenges um, to, to the group, just like they do in the afternoon at Training Talk Live. So, uh, you know, we've all got challenges in our business and it's just really nice. Instead of sitting there at home on your own trying to work it out, being able to just hop onto a Zoom call and just, uh, you know, share it with, with people who understand and, and get ideas. So that's the first one. And the second one is the Spotlight session. Again, it's a, an online session we run Zoom. And as the name suggests, the, um, the, we, we focus on a particular topic each month. So some of the ones we've done over the past year, that we've done things like email marketing. Um, what else have we done? Profiling tools, which uh, I know you were <laughs> a great contributor to. We've talked about getting appointments by phone. Uh, we've looked at networking. We've looked at uh, all, you know all sorts of things that are basically are typical topics that are going to help anybody running their own training business. Yeah, so the, you're helping the, with the challenges for trainers. So let's let's flip it a little bit to your challenges. So you are you're leading uh, this membership model. Um, and so we've explained what that is. Hopefully, people uh, are listening to this understand what we're talking about here—a monthly subscription for a service. So, so how? What, what sort of challenges do you have of leading that sort of organisation, that sort of model? <laughs> well, I'll tell you a little story first, if that's helpful about how I, why I started the membership in the first place, because uh, it wasn't a membership to begin with. Trainer Talk was just a one-day event. It was Trainer Talk Live, as, as we still have. But um, I just used to run these events ad hoc. And then as they got more and more popular, I decided to run them um, every quarter. But at that stage, people were still, you know, just, just coming ad hoc. And what would happen, Mark? They, people would, uh, would come along to the event and really enjoy it and have a great day, but not come back. And... That wasn't because they didn't enjoy the day. They, they clearly did. But it was because, um, you know, they were very um, commitment phobic. You know, they didn't want to, 
you know, maybe sort of come back because, or because, or book to come back because they, you know, they had work on that particular day. Mm. And this was really, you know, creating a massive challenge for me because, um, what one financially, because at that stage it was very much cheaper than it is now. And, uh, and, <laughs> And I actually did a review at the end of, I think it was 2014, when I actually sat down at the end of the year and thought, God, I wonder how much money I'm making out of these events. <laughs> so, yeah. kind of, uh, you know, because what was happening, you know, the usual thing as trainers, we love it, don't we, when we have a day where, you know, it's all, we've got the, that real buzz and that real nice, warm, fuzzy feeling at the end of the day. Oh, it's great. Everybody's had a great time. And we tend to forget sometimes about the business side of it. So I, I peeked under the covers and to my horror discovered that for all this work that I'd done, I'd made like £1,200 for the year. And I just thought, oh, my God, you know, right. something changed. So that was financially, that was one side of it. But the other side of it was the fact that it, a community wasn't really being created because you know as well as I do that you cannot create a community without commitment from people. Mm. And at that stage, I wasn't getting the commitment because people were just not coming back. So I decided at the end of 2014 that I would, uh, that's what I would do. I would turn it into a membership. And I was also quite prepared for, if I didn't get any members, I was going to say, okay, that's fine. There's going to be no more trainer talk because I thought I can't keep doing this. And you know, not earning any money from it, much as I love it. So at the end of 2014, at Trainers Live in December, so the last day one of the year, I, uh, I stood up and I made a presentation. This is pre-your days, Mark. <laughs> and, uh, I I'm, said, a, I'm a newbie. Yeah, yeah you know, and I, <laughs> I said, okay, Remember, you know, we started Trainers Talk in 2010 and uh, this is what we've done. And, you know, these are all the things that have been created, blah, de, blah, de, blah. But as from next year, you know, things are going to change and it's going to be a membership and it's going to be this much and you're going to have to join and you don't have to join, but, you know, all this kind of stuff. Mm. And I literally, it was one of the hardest things that I'd ever had to do in my business. And I literally, you could hear, I mean, it went down like a lead balloon, basically. And you could basically see everybody's faces going, oh, I'm not coming if I have to join as a member. And I was kind of like, oh, the price is going to go up. And I was thinking, and I was standing there just wishing that this big hole would open up <laughs> and yeah. swallow me. And then there was two little voices from the back of the room and, uh, and, and two people stood up. And those two people were Paul Harris and, uh, and Kate Young who obviously, you know, you, you know and love. Mm. Um, and they both stood up and they went, I'll join. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saving me. And, um, and they were my very, my first two members and, um, and still are obviously, and, and are now two of my ambassadors. And, and so it really, that was, and that was probably, your original question was about the biggest challenge. And that was probably my biggest challenge was deciding to turn it into membership in the first place because, you know, I, I just felt so strongly that I wanted to create this community and I had this vision of how it could be and it just wasn't working. And it was, and that was the pivotal point because ever since then, it's just got better and better and better um, because it's that when people join a membership and when they turn up and they're committed to it, that's when the relationships are created. Um, that's when the 
community is really created and, and it just works, you know, from, from there, from there on. So you've got to have commitment. So that's a brilliant story because if, if in leadership terms, you know, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about actually doing something that you know is right, um, which feels a bit scary, but yeah. also you know, you know, this is what has to happen, even though, you know, you know, not maybe you, you, your perception is that most people in that room weren't going to be actually too enamored with this decision. But actually, what you need is just some people to say, actually, that's a good idea. I think we should do it. It reminds me, there's a, there's a video I've seen that pops up now and again on um, Facebook and all other sort of stuff where they, there's this uh, people, I think it's like a, one of these sort of hippie events where there's a band playing and there's people just sat there watching. And then all of a sudden, there's one guy, one guy starts getting up and dancing and he's just doing his thing, really wacky sort of dancing. Yeah. And then after a little while, somebody else then joins him. <laughs> and then what happens then is somebody else joins and then there's some more join. And before you know it, that one person is now joined with like 20, 30 people around them. Yeah. So yeah. it just shows that if you want to create something, someone has got to step, someone's got to put a mark in the, in the sand and say, right, this is what we're doing. Um, come and join me if you want to. But if you don't, it's fine. But, you know, this is where we're going. And so, yeah, I feel you, how you must have felt that day, I can only imagine. But obviously, <laughs> you look back fondly because obviously, you know, it's, it, it was definitely the right decision, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was. But I, as I say, I really didn't know. And, I, I, you know, I, I, I really, honestly and truly, I have decided. I thought, you know, it's either this is the way it's going to go or, or it's not because I just can't you know carry on like this but but fortunately it was and yeah and since then it has been the the continual you know the people that come back again and again you know they've just created relationships they've created friendships you know it, it's been brilliant but um having said that you know um we're still talking about challenges it is you know running a membership growing a membership is 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 fraught with challenges and uh you know i get a little bit um upset sometimes when some of the things I see on the internet or you know that the, there are certain people about that would that, that just sort of create this myth that uh, running a membership is easy and uh, oh it's great because just sit back and you'll you know you'll have all this recurring income coming in and it's the way to go and all the rest of it and it's just not true you know you know that as well don't you so it's like you know there are a number of inherent challenges. Now, I think the biggest challenge that I have in my particular market is uh, is commitment phobia, because um, I think there's something about the freelance trainer market. Um, it's really hard to get people. One, it's hard to get people to come to events. Two, it's then even harder to get them to commit to anything beyond that one day, because they are so worried half the time of work coming in and they never know when when work is going to come in and there is this mindset of oh well I'll just kind of pencil it in um you know but if work some but I won't book because if work comes along then I won't do it I won't do it and that is really really challenging um you know I found that but having said that what I have found and what I've kind of reconciled myself to it is that it, it it takes a, it's about attracting the right kind of person to your membership isn't it and I think the it's almost like I, I don't really want those people I'm not bothered about those people because what, what the, the people I do want 
are people like yourselves, Mark, like you, Mark, and like, you know, most of my other members who go, do you know what? This is actually important. And I'm going to put this in my diary. Um, and if work comes up, I'll just say I'm not available because, you know, that's, and, and they just ring fence those days, um, you know, whether it be trainer talk lives or the locals or some of the online events or whatever. And they just make a commitment. And I think, uh, yes, and sometimes it's all about um, maybe not having as many members, but having the right members um, that can make the difference. Yes. Uh, and, um it's it's uh, yeah, like, that's so relevant in that you want to attract um, people that are appreciative of the offer and then embrace it. Yes. Um, and um, yeah. I, I, I guess you don't really want to attract people that are what we call cherry pickers, the ones yeah. that um, put the best bits and don't really engage in the things that maybe are just as important, but they just don't recognise them as that. Um, it's, um, cherry picking was something in my retail days was um, prevalent in that you know people would join again sort of like a membership site and that you joined a symbol group like you know spa and all those sort of things that's basically what they are um but they'd only take they'd only commit to the what they saw as the best bits and then they'll buy the things that weren't quite up to what they want they'll buy them elsewhere but actually that just doesn't really strengthen the group it just takes the strength away and then it, it loses the the impetus and, and the strength that bringing people together actually you know the benefits of that so it's, it's sad when that happens but it's, it's quite prevalent in 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 a lot of areas of um you know business but um, so yeah, yeah i feel your pain so how what, what's your strategy around bringing new members in because i'm sure as with everything we know people will leave for many reasons um so you i guess you have to keep bringing new people in what what's that strategy how does that work for you um, well, I think there's a, there's a number of things that, that we do. I mean, <laughs> when I first started, I didn't have a strategy. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> it's kind of like okay. Yeah. But I, I suppose the, um, the I suppose looking at it now, uh, the strategy is is are the live events. So so trainers talk live and trainers talk local are really you know people can come to those events as a non-member. Now, they can still come back, certainly for the Trainer Talk Lives, they can come back, um, but you'll pay more money uh, on, your, on your second visit. So, so that often brings in new members. And with the Trainer Talk Local, I've, uh, I've made it so that people, and they are low cost, so they're only sort of £20 to attend, but they're only a couple of hours anyway. Uh, tons of value. But if they want to come back again, they have to be a member. And that's actually been quite successful Really, and uh, but I made the biggest mistake of, uh, you know, obviously you and I have. have um, are we allowed to mention tribe that we both did the course? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So you and I have both been doing that course in the summer, and I did that course. Obviously, I've all, already got a membership, but I thought, oh, you know, it doesn't mean I know everything. Far from it. So you know, I wanted to sort of see what other things I could be doing. And obviously, one of the things I I learned was about, you know, people have got to have a reason to join the membership. And obviously, Stu talks about open uh, models uh, as, as opposed to closed models and, and the benefits of each. And, um, you know, and I realized with the, the first number of trainers or locals that we ran um, in June had, you know, attracted fair numbers, you know, far more than I was expecting, to be honest, certainly the first two in Perth and Cambridge. And, uh, but nobody joined. And I was like thinking, ha, oh, and I thought, do you know what, Sharon, you've made a classic mistake here. You have a reason. <laughs> so, 
Because you know what people will do, they go, oh, that was great. So, but, you know, here's the, yeah, but I'm not going to join until till I need to, which maybe the next train is called local. Oh, but hang on, I can't do that one. So, oh, maybe I'll go to the next one. Oh, I can't do that. And they keep putting it off. So I basically instigated like a, a very basic offer, almost to my mind, a no-brainer. Okay, train is called online membership, £3, £10 a month you know, joy on Monday type of thing. And that did make the difference. Still not huge amounts, but certainly, you know, getting, you know, decent conversion rates. Mm. And the challenge, obviously, is going to be to keep them beyond for the three months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there will be, inevitably, there will be some that, that stay and some that leave. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. but certainly it did prove that you've got to give people a reason to join. Yeah, yeah. I think it's worth going also, um, go back to that closed and open scenario, just to explain to the listeners what that's about. Yeah. Uh, what's the difference between a closed and open um, membership? Yeah, well, uh, basically, uh, an open model is one like mine. So it's open all the time, so you can join anytime you like. And your closed um, model is basically where the membership is closed, and then you open it at certain points throughout the year. And then you give people you know, a number of days um, where they can join, like four days or something like that. And it closes again, and then it opens again. So obviously, that that. Um, the sort of scarcity model behind that yeah and that's and also for somebody that's maybe delivering a course then that model might work better in that you're not you can oh. start it with a group of people run them through it and then right okay that's finished look for the next uh, group of people yeah. so for that for that scenario that it works really well doesn't it yeah and, and i've yeah. completely forgotten about that mark thanks for reminding yeah. me it's my other strategy that again <laughs> i didn't really realize and i was using it's my course. So, oh, yeah, I run my own online program, uh, you know, two or three times a year. I did a, a, a almost like a, a sort of mini version of that in September. Uh, so I did how to launch a training business 30 days for the month of September. Um, and then I do my six-week online program at two or three times a year. And then people do join as a result of that because they they come on the course, they get to know, like, and trust me, all that kind of stuff. And then they go, oh, I want to carry on with this. And, and then they join trying to talk quite often. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to ask you that, whether you do still do some training. Um, so it's it's pretty much all online now. Um, it's all it's, online, it's, yeah. yeah. All online. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yes. And so um, the obvious question there is technology. And, and I guess that's a quite a vital part of uh, what you do now in, in various yeah, aspects. Yeah, I mean, it makes it so easy, doesn't it, Mark? You know, yeah. it just so easy I mean, to do all my um you know courses are all done you know by zoom and you know in facebook groups and and all that kind of thing you know my my trainer talk community is run uh you know within a within a facebook group although we did experiment with another platform and then came back and uh so you know it, it's just the technology these days to keep us all connected is just fabulous isn't it for anybody running the membership yeah, technology is great, isn't it? When you understand how it works and how you can use it. I, I was I was talking yesterday to a group of 16, 18-year-olds, and uh, last week I was told apparently that the next big thing um, social media-wise is something called TikTok. So right. I thought I'd, I'd just test the water and see what... So I said, well, apparently Instagram and all that stuff is for oldies like me, but apparently oh, your, 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 your age group is, is all going to be on TikTok. And there was like uproar, like... Oh, never, never. That's not going to happen. I was thinking, oh, that's interesting. I was thought that was the next big thing. So actually in that room, <laughs> I know some people listen to think that I've just heard like, what was that? Another platform? Oh my God. But yeah, that, that was my thought. So I thought I'd test it within this 
this uh, environment and see what happens. So who knows what TikTok's going to be, but I don't even want to go there at the moment. No. <laughs> Technology, it's keeping up with it and actually embracing what's actually useful and making the most of it, like, you know, the Zooms and all that sort of stuff, which are really useful, and actually not getting too involved with stuff that really is, is not really useful. Um, yeah. It can become yeah. a bit of a rabbit hole, can't it? It can, and you just need to use it for what you need to use it for, you know. Uh, I mean, I love, uh, you know, I've always liked Facebook. You know, I know not everybody likes Facebook, but for me, as I say, you know, we've had an experiment moving somewhere else, but uh, I just find it easier to be on Facebook because everybody is pretty much. And also the Facebook Lives are just so easy to do, aren't they? You know, it's just so easy to mm. pop in just communicate with your members anytime you want to you know which is which is great and have yes, right. with us you know if they want to do that as well yeah exactly and and, and not forgetting obviously the, the award the ceremonies that uh, that uh, you now conduct which uh, is worth yeah. <laughs> looks forward to excitedly every week yes come on tell us what that's about before we we wrap things up because we're running out of time uh, unfortunately. Okay. well that trainer talk insider well as a result of the tribe course actually we were talking about some retention strategies and one of the strategies that we looked at was acknowledgement and uh and so I decided that, well, no, two strategies, actually. One, communicating with your members more, and two, um, acknowledgement. So I thought, well, I combine the two. So I do a weekly um, roundup every week, Tuesday at 5 o'clock. It's called Trainer Talk Insider, and it's run within our, our own Facebook group. And uh, I basically pitch up and uh, tell everybody what's been happening during the week, what's coming up, um, and then hand out some awards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and, and as obviously listeners have, have, have um, obviously found out, I'm part of your um, training talk network. And I know what everyone's thinking. I wonder if Mark's actually won any of awards yet. And sadly, to this point, not yet. I've not, I've well, not actually won a, an award. But who knows? I can only keep striving for that big moment where I'll, I'll yeah. recognize that something. <laughs> I've no idea what it might be, but who knows? We'll see. Well, I tell you, you know, I'll let you just sneak a, a preview of something because not only do we do the weekly ones, but at the last Trainers Talk Live of the year, oh. I'm going to do some special annual ones. So wow, annual- okay. That's a bit of a teaser, isn't it? I will go you <laughs> real prizes, not just, you know, not just virtual ones. So Excellent. there you go. <laughs> well there you go there's something there's a snip there from this podcast that nobody knew about until now about that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so as i mentioned unfortunately time is running away from what from us and this is the point in the proceedings where i always ask my guests uh, to leave us with three top tips um Ooh. oh yeah i know i didn't it was in the email <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so uh, what what would you think? Uh, so people have just been listening to what what is a membership model. Um, yeah. So what are your uh, three top tips that if anyone was considering going down this route um, and leading a membership sort of organisation, what would your top tips be uh, for them to think about? Oh, top tips. Let me just have a think about this. So my top tip would be to... Um, well, obviously, sort of make sure that your membership is just for a 
a niche area, you know, so it's not a membership for, for everybody. You know, it's got to be for a certain group of people who will look at your membership and see the fact that you've got like-minded people and think, oh, yeah, that I, you know, I get it. This is for me. So that would be the first one. Uh, the second one would be to, um, what would I say? The second one would be, yeah, would just sort of price it um, affordably. Now, affordably doesn't mean cheap, um, but price it affordably because remember the idea is to reach, um, you know, give high value um, for low cost, um, to give people um, both monthly options and annual options. And uh, the third one I would I would say is just kind of be realistic, um, you know, with what with the sort of level of income that you're going to get from your membership, certainly to begin with, and just concentrate on attracting instead of trying to get tons and tons of people into your membership concentrate on getting the right people because one of the things I've noticed although my membership I'll be honest has been quite slow to grow over the years um it it once people are in they 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 do tend to stay and I think that's that is that is far more important to me um, you know, than, than having a membership with thousands and thousands of people in and then they're kind of leaving every month. So, you know, get the right, the right kind of people in your membership because if you have the right kind of people in your membership, it's going to be a better community for everybody and then people get more value and then they stay longer. Yeah, and I guess, and that's less, less, hopefully less stress as well for you that's uh, leaving it because they're pretty like-minded people, I guess. Yeah. And and I'd just like to recognise that we spoke for about thirty five minutes, and you uh, it took you thirty four minutes to mention the niche word, which was uh, <laughs> <laughs> which anybody um, that knows anything about training talk, it's the it's something that comes up all the time, and um, you'll have to find out if you want to find out more about what that is, then check out training talk and training talk live and. Um, and the importance of that. So um, thank you, Sharon, for your time today. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have too. I have. It's been great. Thank you for having me, Mark. And I will uh, yeah, hopefully see you in uh, real life very soon. Yeah, take care. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out the Reluctant Leader Academy. And if you get a chance, please leave a review on whichever platform you have been listening. And also share the love by sharing the episode with someone who would benefit. Leadership is a choice. If you have the right mindset, know the process to follow and the key skills to use at each point in the process, you have everything you need to leave a lasting legacy. Don't forget to put into action anything that has struck a chord in this episode. And until next time, be the best you can be.